0: What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Elevate Experience,
1: the podcast about overcoming struggles and adversity and how that relates to addiction, recovery, and health. I am your host and the CEO of Elevate Addiction Services, Angie Manson.
0: And I'm Dallas Terrell, co-host and life intervention counselor at Elevate. Thank you so much for joining us, and let's jump right in. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Today, we have a super special guest. His name is Joe Clements. Joe Clements is a friend of the show, he's a friend of the program, and he's a dear friend to us as well. Joe has ran meditation groups at the facility, Joe runs meditation groups for other programs and for other places, such as juvenile detention centers, retreats, we love Joe, he knows everything mindfulness, everything Buddhist, and we are so glad to have him on the show and to share his wonderful story. Hope you guys enjoy
1: when I first met you, met slash saw you, uh, I was very new in recovery and you were, you were still are lead singer in Fury 66, which is a local uh, punk rock legendary band, loved going to your shows. And th- that was my first experience of even going to shows being sober, which is like something completely different. If you're not used to going to shows sober after going to mm. shows when you're not. Um, <laughs> yeah, And so uh, if just as we were talking a little while ago, it made me think, did you find that music is a good form of expression or did you utilize that as a form of your expression prior to getting sober without being able to like fully acknowledge like the sensitivity that you bring?
2: Yeah. It, mixed, it, it was a mixed bag for sure. So <laughs> I didn't get, I didn't, I didn't get into um, playing music until, until I was sober. So I was a couple years sober and um Maybe not not even a couple of years. Maybe even just a year. And uh, I was going over this one, um, the one person that uh, I could still go over to their house that I used to party with because he had a skateboard ramp in in his in his garage, a little kind of kicker, and I would just go over his skate his ramp with a couple sober friends. And uh, they're playing music. They they had a band, but they didn't have a singer. And I always would sit in. And then um, and then my son just chimed in sorry <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, he just texted me uh so i w- they asked if i wanted to sing and so i'm like sure so i just uh i started just yelling into the microphone and they're like looking around going oh shit and i was like oh shit i can kind of do this it's like so th- it was awesome it was like definitely a part of my recovery process where um just in early recovery i started i felt like i i uh after multiple relapses, I was 23, 22, maybe. um, And I, I didn't think I could fit into the sober, sober world. And I found some like-minded younger folk that were into skateboarding, into music and stuff like that. So I started feeling a little bit of a part of, and um, then when this happened, I'm like, Oh shit. Kind of like gave me this whole different kind of feeling apart, you know? And I had this voice and, um, I could kind of be cool. Maybe, you know, I didn't, that didn't, that didn't like beat it, but it was just that kind of looking around and everybody just like this validation, like, Oh shit, this is cool. Like everybody in the band, you know? And it wasn't like, Oh, you know, kind of like, okay, yeah, it's cool. If you just do whatever, but we're probably going to do something else kind of thing. (laughs) So I felt that part of, and, and I just, I, that was, um, that was it for me. I just fucking went all in. And uh, in a sense, it, it saved me in a lot of ways Um, in early recovery, being in a band, you know, then that wasn't Fury. That was a a different band. There was maybe one or two bands in between Fury 66. And then when Fury 66 started, it was like, oh, people really like this band. Oh, we can go on tour. Oh, we're making records. And it was just like, started feeding this, this thing, this longing for approval and it was feeding that. And it was like, felt good. Um, but what happened was it became a, I I feel like it became an addiction, like more shows, better record deals. It was always and no matter who was in my way, I needed to, you know, so I created a lot of wreckage in sobriety through that. Um, you know, and, uh, so to answer your question, yeah, it, it, it saved me in a lot of ways. Because I had a creative outlet, and um, but I wasn't working on myself. I was still looking outside of myself for um, for validation, for approval, um, for love. You know, so you know, like you said, and we're pretty, we're popular around Santa Cruz. It wasn't enough. I needed to be fucking popular. It, like that Everywhere. is a fucking that is that is a hunger. That is a fucking thirst. You know that fucking that approval, you know, you get it. And it's like, looking back now, that's, that was a thread for all of my addiction. Like the belonging, the sense of belonging, the looking for approval, the, the enough that I'm good enough um, that it, you know, it helped my self-esteem, all that kind of stuff. But it was a lot of ways it was false. Um, I didn't have any, uh, there was, there was no foundation to, to go with that, you know? So, um, yeah. So, really what happened when Fury 66 and the popularity kind of went away, they broke up, that band broke up and, you know, I tried a bunch of different stuff, but it just, you know, it was, I was uh, banging cottons (laughs) basically, you know, I wasn't getting that high that I wanted and uh, I I relapsed. I was banging cottons.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That was a good, that was a good analogy, dude.
2: (laughs) So, you know, that, you know, Definitely, but now today, it's um, such a big part of my life, but in a different way. Music is a part of my life. Fury's not there anymore, and that's that's that's, that's a good thing. That's okay. Um, but music is such a part of my life right now. Um, so I started a, a punk band when I started getting into meditation. Like, kind of about about my third retreat, I was doing these in the beginning when I started doing meditation. I was doing these seven to ten. Um, silent meditation retreats mm-hmm. and what I was finding in those early retreats, I was finding some peace from the anger, the agitation and that we can get in more of why it turned to meditation. Yeah. But, um, what was coming to my mind a lot was lyrics was all these songs. And, uh, it was kind of these transformative kind of my process of when I write lyrics it's totally like uh, I wear my emotions on my sleeve kind of stuff. So, you know, I was getting some out of the retreats, but mostly I was getting all these lyrics. <laughs> so I was just <laughs> thinking about songs the whole time. So I started a, a punk band called The List, which is uh, a Buddhist practice, Buddhist philosophy, mindfulness-inspired uh, punk band. So all the lyrics are kind of my transformation, my, my, my relationship to mindfulness. And uh, that's what I'm doing. That was almost 10 years ago like eight years ago, maybe when I started doing the band and it's just my own songs. It's just me writing the stuff, getting different musicians to play. And um, I'm putting out my second EP should have come out in February. And then uh, it's fun. I'm not, it's no, I'm not stressed out. I'm not looking for anything. It's just kind of, it's, it's another process. It's, it's super cool. Yeah. And th- that's part of my recovery is uh, that outlet.
1: Well, I love that. And I want to thank you personally because you made me uh, way back in the day say, hey, maybe sobriety can be cool because, you know, back then I feel like I was on an island. Nobody I knew was sober. And um, I definitely didn't feel that people who were sober were cool. And you made it very cool and very fun and very easy to be at your shows and feel belonged and validated. And uh, So thank you for Mm. being that guy for me way back when
2: beautiful i, I just get, I get chills i just kind of felt the somatic experience of that so i really appreciate that and that's that's a kind of thing too was um in Fury. my part in it was um speaking to because that's what, like i said i wear my emotions and what i'm going through on my sleeve with my songs and that inclusion kind of thing and it was definitely the sober community especially the young folks um we had a really good uh, a tight group of people in that the early 90s that were sober and some of them doing 12 steps some of them not but you know some of them just straight edge kind of thing and and it was really cool you know it was uh it was positive there was a lot of positive in it rather than my just strung out on longing for approval <laughs> so thank <laughs> you for that thank you for that reflection i appreciate it and i'm um, super happy that you got so much out of it too
0: yeah so Joe why don't we talk a little bit about how you got into meditation like how did how did you find yourself in that world you know I always think that's a that's a good story on, on how we yeah. find ourselves meditating
2: like what did it come to that where we need to meditate to feel better <laughs> yeah well i didn't find it coming from a place of blissfulness I wasn't all like, Oh, I'm just going to float into meditation. Yeah. (laughs) You know, (laughs) Um, I, I like kind of referencing uh, the, the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. The one part I like about that book is that they say the gift of desperation. Yeah. I found that twice in my, um, in recovery, you know, the first time was like, I was, like I said, I I relapsed. Like I was all through my twenties. I was sober The most part to the end, I started chipping away a little bit, but then (laughs) thirty, you know what I mean, sneaking shit here and there. Thirties, I was full blown. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I was just a fucking norco or two. You know, (laughs) but then uh, in my thirties, it was like you know, I was running a um, my music stuff turned into I opened up a recording studio, I started the label, and I was I was in that world and um, got really strung out um yeah some dark days in there and then I, I woke up 40 just going fuck oh, I can't fucking do this anymore I can't and uh didn't want to go to 12 step I really didn't I was just so like I don't want to fucking go back there you know and uh I had the gift of desperation and I'm like fuck it I I, I went I didn't know what else to do and I went and, you know, I, I faked it kind of thing, faked the higher power kind of stuff. You know, it didn't really resonate with me. But, you know, I found a community, which is really important in early sobriety, I think, is that like-minded people and uh, started working with a, a sponsor, they call it, to help me through these steps and started cre- cleaning up some of the wreckage in my past kind of stuff and uh, got the the craving behind me a little bit and was good. And I felt better and I felt apart and it was, I felt not, a, not only a part, but I, I uh, gained some agency in myself, some confidence in myself that I can do this, and this is what I wanted. Some clarity. I wanted to be sober. I loved it. It felt good. And uh, and um, but what happened for me is um, is about a year and a half sober or something. I found myself really fucking angry. I was mm-hmm. still really short tempered. I was. Um, agitated a lot my son was just born and i was a fucking asshole like i was you know I was, I was really like making people i was miserable and i was making people around me miserable and i didn't know what the fuck to do because i didn't want to get loaded i knew that that would just give me a temporary fucking kind of thing and this i i just didn't know and i i remember sitting in my car and um you know suicidal thoughts never came to my mind but the closest I came was just like thinking of my family and my people around me that I was just, I was fucking bummed. I didn't know. I couldn't I didn't know how I was going to get out of it. And, um, and I just go, they're better off without me. I remember just really thinking that. And it was like, it was so true. They're better off without me. There's yeah. I'm just a poison. I'm poison. And that was scary for me. I didn't know. I never thought that way before. And I didn't know what that, look like i didn't know you know and i didn't i was scared to even fantasize what that better off without me was, it was like oh shit. right and, uh, a good friend of mine noah noah levine wrote dharma punks and started refuge recovery he he was he was been in recovery since shit he was 18 and i was still doing my shit and he helped me in the beginning when i first got sober um but he's he he yeah he he started meditating and writing books and that was a part of his life part of his recovery and he was always trying to get me to meditate but i'm like um oh, nah, man that's not that's not for me i can't stop my yeah. mind from thinking <laughs> and that, that's some fucking hippie shit and i can't tie my legs in a knot i had every fucking excuse right and uh you know i think i had that gift of desperation again you know, i'm like all right dude what's up with this meditation stuff and um you know, I went to one of his, his classes down at, down in Big Sur, and, you know, he made it easy where I didn't have to tie my legs in the knot, you know, and, and uh, he really explained it to me where it, was, it wasn't about stopping my mind from thinking, there's no fucking way you can stop your mind from thinking, that's what the mind does, but we can, uh, we can, we can develop a different relationship to the mind, and to the heart, and, uh, so you know, and it laid it out easy, and it's like, Basically, just know when you're breathing in, know when you're breathing out. That's all you need to do. Feel your feet on the floor. Feel your ass in the seat. Look around um, when the mind's doing its crazy shit. <laughs> and I did that. And I felt, I just in that first, I remember I was just going to be there for a day. I was doing a weekend thing, him and another friend of mine, uh, Vinny Ferraro. And um, I was just going to stay for the day, just kind of hang out. And I remember finding a little bit of peace within like a breath or two. And I'm like, oh. Holy shit. Okay. And then instantly the judgment came in. Yeah, but remember, blah, 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 all the shit I need to be pissed off about. And okay, come back. And, you know, beautiful place down in Big Sur. So it was like, it was, I could look around and settle my nervous system. My nervous system started settling just from like bringing my attention back in. And uh, I ended up staying the whole weekend. (laughs) And I I found a little bit of relief and I'm like, fuck, I want more of this shit. And I'm a good junkie, right? I want to feel better. I want to feel better right now. So I signed up and I, I was every retreat and good, lucky enough, both of my friends were leading retreats, a lot of them. Um, and uh, so I got to just kind of be their roadie and just kind of went to all these retreats. Like was going like every other month, I was doing like 10 day silent retreats for the first five years, I think of, of my practice. And uh, yeah. what I learned is it was nothing outside of myself. Um, Nothing outside of myself was going to fucking heal me or or it was just going inward. And eventually I started getting into, um, you know, not just seeing the thoughts, seeing the emotions, not just calming my nervous system. It was like I said earlier, it was like the the transformative piece of my practice was learning to be with these emotions and these thoughts with a different relationship, with a different relationship different different view on them with uh letting them rise and pass and the key part is is uh is nurturing them being with that part of me um that part of me that just wanted a fucking big hug that part of me that just wanted to ask how are you feeling through this you know like i said like nine years old eight years old when shit was fucking going down it was never asked how i was doing it was like all why are you fucking crying about? I'm going through all this shit or whatever, you know, it was, not, my shit was always dismissed. And so that part of me was still in there just longing for approval for, you know, for attention. So that's, that's where I, I, I'm at. And that's what, um, what, what, what kept me, keeps me going, keeps me going inward. Yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, dude, that's, that's kind of crazy. That's a long time of meditating 10 day retreats and, you kind of like went on a tour of
2: meditation. Like like, if you were in the band, you know, I love that. (laughs) I did. I did. Yeah. And that's how it felt in the early, early days of, um, I found a, you know, and I I feel that's a big part of like, um, people experiencing addiction is that, um, that longing for, uh, um, you know, belonging, wanting someplace to belong. You know, and I found a, a community of uh, like-minded people in, in, in meditation and mindfulness. Um, uh, you know, they weren't hippie, hippie. You know, I keep saying hippie. Like, the more I go inward, I, 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 I'm I finding my inner hippie or whatever that you call it. You know, my it's like I will fucking hug a tree, put my hand in dirt in a fucking minute. Just, yeah. I'm fucking connected. I am in. But anyway, I found it, a, found a like minded community they listened to people that listen to punk or whatever you know skateboarded and were into still had you know didn't have to change their whole life they were just changing the way they looked at their thoughts and their emotions and uh that felt really good um, you know and i i, I think five years but I was five years sober and meditation was my practice meditations my recovery it, like I was all in mm-hmm. and that's when uh another one of my friends, Micah Anderson, uh he was and still is um running uh a, a nonprofit called Mind Body Awareness Project and it takes mindfulness and emotional awareness um skills to teens in juvenile halls. And uh wow. Noah Noah founded it a long time ago. 20 years ago and and uh, Vinny and Micah started kind of taking it over and Micah was the, the main person with it. And um, I started wanting to do that. It was after an India trip. I went to India with these three. These were like my, my three wise men kind of thing, you know, and uh, I went to India and I got, and uh, so it was suggested, that it was recommended. Why don't you come teach this stuff with us? I'm like, that sounds great. So started doing that. And then another friend of mine, Dave Smith was, um, he was doing some refuge recovery stuff. He was one of the founders of refuge recovery. And, uh, he was getting asked, um, to come to all these rehabs and he got asked to go to, uh, uh the camp up here. And, um, he goes, just come with me, come check, you know, just kind of tell them what refuge is about. And I did, and they're asking him to do groups up there. And he was, he was from LA at the time. He's I can't, but Joe can. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, oh man. So I you. all, all this stuff just kind of, you know, and so I started teaching mindfulness. I started teaching, you know, in rehabs and uh, in juvenile hall. And that's kind of how I just started, started doing it. And um, yeah, beautiful way. It's just like natural kind of process that's been happening. Super cool.
1: Well, we definitely miss you being able to come up to the center and work with our clients and staff. Um, we were fortunate enough to reconnect a few years ago after uh, we we did a modality conference and um, yeah. and and I miss having you up there. You add and and I'm just gonna say this: you add the coolness to meditation. Our clients respond uh. so well to it, and so do our staff. You've made you know meditation and recovery cool in this realm as well.
2: Yeah, no, yeah, like so much appreciation for Elevate too. It's like like I was saying earlier before. When we were off the record, Dallas, <laughs> when we weren't recording. <laughs> that's my fault. <laughs> like the best part of it, but that's, that's the cool part of it. But like I was saying, Elevate, like, so yeah, a few years after, you know, I was kind of doing my thing and then um, knowing Tommy and and knowing about Elevate and uh, getting the opportunity to go up there. And that's where I really started putting together, um, like, not, not really a formula, but just kind of like this. Curriculum kind of thing. It was just you, you, y'all. You your program was so cool. Where it was like you had it in the stages. You have it in the stages: the early recovery, the mid, you know, the kind of middle stages of your recovery, and then the kind of end and transformative kind of transitioning piece. And that's where I really loved it because it was, it was how I could articulate my practice with people that could understand it. Like when you come in, like I said, the straight out of detox group was my favorite group because yeah. it was like. <laughs> You know, they come down off that fucking hill and they're like, all right, you took away my medication. Now you're giving me meditation. Fuck you. What the fuck? You know, I, I felt <laughs> the, the resistance. I'm like, yes, my people. All right. And make it easy. It's just like, can we just fucking feel our fucking toes on the, our feet on the floor? And if not, can you move around? You don't need to close your eyes. Just can we sit here for a minute? You know, can we feel the breath going in? That's it. You know, can we just talk about how much it sucks? How much it's fucking, or how stoked you are that you're not dope sick, you know? Right. And the second, the second, you know, so where there was three groups up there, right? It was like, I, so I was able to the simple, um, sit, feel, heal kind of thing where like I really lean into with like a curriculum for me is we learn, we have to learn to just sit still we just sit still for a minute and then we learn to, um, to feel, how are we meeting these feelings? We're getting out of the story of why I feel this way and start asking, what am I feeling? Where do I feel it? Meeting that. And then we begin to heal. And that's where we, we resiliency. Um, uh, yeah. Just so much forgiveness, compassion. So I could really appreciate elevate and, and your program up there. Cause it really helped me a lot. And it's just, I could see how it really helped the people up there too. And it, it's, mindfulness approach it's not you don't need to buy into anything just buy into yourself your own heart uh, really that's what I like about um, meditation and mindfulness and I I think you your program up there really um, presents it in that way
1: well I think you hit on like a key part and uh, and I think I don't know about a lot of other programs but the the being okay with your feelings I think as drug addicts and alcoholics we work so hard to not feel because there's unpleasant feelings and anger and sadness. And and that's why we medicate, is because we don't wanna feel those feelings. And to a degree, we have society telling us we shouldn't feel. And if we feel, take this, take that, so that you don't have to feel. And so I think it's it's a hard process and it doesn't just happen in 30 days where you start to accept and understand those feelings. And you help people transition through those feelings in a way that's acceptable and it's okay.
2: Yeah. And not being okay with feeling too. Like this fucking sucks. Yeah, Yeah. totally. Totally. You know what I mean? We don't need to like the way we feel, but can we just learn to not hate it? You know, when we start doing that, we're really meeting ourselves in a different way. And again, that we're meeting ourselves with kindness and compassion. Yeah, this sucks. This fucking hurts, you know? Uh, And usually how it surfaces is anger, right? That's what I found. Agitated, right. pissed, breaking out my blame thrower. Like I said, it's everybody else's fault. But when I started turning towards, it was like, oh, you're scared. You're sad. You're lonely. Oh. And that's, it, it, I, I like to even rephrase it where that's not who I am. That's just what I'm experiencing. Right? That's like the key. You know, I'm not angry. I'm not anger. I'm experiencing anger. And this is what it feels like. Fucking shoulders. I'm red, I'm like a cobra ready to attack can i relax the shoulders (laughs) oh shit there's and then when you do that you're like oh i can feel that in my belly there's some swirling oh what is that what's the story there's a story oh you're not gonna be good in it oh oh, oh, okay that's doubt self-doubt oh man of course and like what you're saying angie it's like we're never allowed to feel that way and I, i remember i was i remember being told what the fuck are you crying about i'm the one that's going through this like at an early age it's like oh shit, or don't be such a sissy, you know, pull up your bootstraps, whatever that shit was, go to your room when you're crying. It's like, oh my God, you know, and so it's like, I allow myself to cry. And yeah, I'm a fucking sissy. Cool. (laughs) Fucking beautiful. Like I said, I leave like my sensitivity, the shit that I was hiding through, you know, tattoos, like, you know, that's what it turned to later. But early it was just stuff at all, you know, and uh, I couldn't show that. You know, in society, like you said, it's like being a cis white white male, um, cisgender white male. It's like, yeah, you're not supposed to be sensitive. You know, that, that was my experience. You know? And uh, so I had to learn and let all that those layers, the the angry fucking dude, and super sensitive. And I feel like that's my my superpower. You know, again, it gives me, it helps me in relationship with my son, nine years old super fucking sensitive. Holy shit. And it's just a natural process, you know, and can I allow that? And I see it when he's sensitive and it's coming out, like that old conditioning in me, goes, I'm like, whoa, still there, still Mm -hmm. there, you know, and uh, it keeps me in service. The sensitive part. Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah. I like how you give permission for men to be sensitive because I don't think that's, Super common. Um, and and it, it doesn't change who you are as a person. You're just able to be there with your feelings. And I, I love that. I mean, I get yeah. it to a small degree as a woman CEO, you know, you got to be tough and I can't you know show emotion or feelings because that's a sign sure. of weakness or you're just being an emotional woman, you know? And, wow. and so there's, I've also for myself built up walls against yeah. sensitivity because of, of the image that I have to put on.
2: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. A whole another experienced female body. is like, yeah. And my wife is beautiful, like strong, independent person. And uh, she, she runs her family business, a hardware store. And I, I, I just ask her all the time. I try to be curious, like uh, how her experience has been in there. And it's just such having to fucking prove herself as a woman. So many, so many times. And I'm just like, damn. So I try my best. Not to ever try to prove her herself in the household she wears the pants she's you know she's you know what does mom say you know it's like that's the dynamic here you know but yeah that, no that's kind of easy there.
1: for you though you're like, uh eh, go ask mom, go ask mom <laughs> yeah, you never have to really. be the I bad mean, guy it's like yeah, it's, yeah whatever oh, mom says. no no no
2: no that's that's not necessarily true i am mom's more lenient with with echo on that kind of stuff I'm more that, you know I, I'm with him all the time, you know. But I I find I, it's like more of like how the household is ran and stuff. I don't know. We're pretty we're pretty democratic in this household. So it's that. But just like I never want to, you know, and I, I still do this this uh, toxic masculinity kind of stuff. It's just so conditioned in me. It, it'll just come out. So I gotta ask her sometimes. Have you experienced any you know uh, any toxic 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 masculinity from me or whatever patriarch whatever you know. I, so I can see those blind sides I, I want to ask you know um, and we can have good conversations around it yeah absolutely Joe my question
0: for you too man was like what was because when you were talking about getting into like teaching meditation and like giving classes or providing it to people what, what if there was anything what shifted from like your own practice from now like delivering it to other people like was there some big takeaways from like doing your own thing to then like teaching others how to do it and what was like that that shift in you if there was one good question um i, I can just say like where i'm at now
2: yeah the shift the shift in the beginning what it was what happened is is it um it kind of uh, ignited that um, kind of the same thing with the band kind of stuff because I have this old, this old wound, this, this wound, uh, this core wound of um, wanting to be the best, wanting to be liked. You know, so I started seeing myself within this community of, of teachers or whatever when I was doing training and stuff and like comparing and, Weathering and all this kind of stuff so it got really it got kind of fucked up and what happened for me too is i just i want more so i was just taking like when i was working at elevate um when i was bringing groups up there i was doing like 10 groups a week or more so what happened was i was um and it felt good because it's you know it's like helping people out and it's just you know basically just uh modeling something that that my experience to them and my experience of this practice. So there was a lot of gratification in it, a lot of validation in it. But what happened was I I wasn't putting on my own oxygen mask. You know what I mean? That analogy of the plane has turbulence. So I was just like, go, 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 you know, and it felt good. But I was fucking getting that compassion burnout, that burnout where it's like, I just wasn't, I had to really step back you know, and, and it was almost a blessing when, um, so much shit happened in this last year, it's just fucked up and would never want it to happen again, because I would rather be up and elevate and be, you know, three of the groups that I do a week four of the groups. Right. But it was, it gave me a time to, you know, it was scary, but it was like, cause my, the first fear is like, I'm going to be left behind that. I'm not going to, everybody's going to forget about, I'm, you know, it was like, I'm not mm-hmm. good enough. I'm not worthy. You know, all I had were these things. I had groups. If I had groups, then I had this kind of, you know, validation or whatever started stripping that away. I'm just like, Oh, super scary. You know? And I whittled down my groups to like, um, right now I do, uh, well, I'm doing, I feel like I went in this whole transition kind of piece, but I was down to like maybe three groups a week from 10. And I, I, uh, I have privileged enough where, like I said, my wife is the, <clears throat> the earner of the house mostly. So, you know, we are struggling a little bit, but um, it just took time to go in, put on my oxygen mask and see that, that my relationship to wanting more, even the groups, being the best teacher, what, what kind of self-help things do I need to do to really have all this stuff? And it was nothing. It was how can I just listen to that voice that still was like, look at me, look at me, approve me, you know? Um, so I went inward. I like my practice now. Um, uh, it's been heavy, and even like you know the fires up here, um, you know, in Ben okay. Lomond, Boulder Creek. Like the fires got close, we got evacuated this last mm-hmm. year, and I had that thought of like, what if it all burns down? house my studio everything's gone and my family was safe so that was a good thing but the thought was like killer good simplicity came to my mind i want simplicity that's what always what i've longed for in a band the band in the you know when i was in my 20s all i really longed for really was being in a band that toured and hopefully people like us living by the beach and driving the el camino and i had that and mm-hmm. i loved it <laughs> you know but you then when stoked. I was gone, that was super stoked. But when I was gone, it's like, oh, maybe I need to be married. Maybe I have to have the house and family and all this kind of stuff. And I, no one ever told me I needed that, but there was something like I was looking around. That's and I dismissed that in my early twenties, but I started longing for that. Like and that I put all these expectations on my wife, on what I had, what, and it's like and it went over into meditation, this career kind of thing. And so when I stripped that all back, it's like that's not what I want. I'm in this for service to myself and others. That is so, you know, our house didn't burn down, thankfully, you know, um, and, and I had to not let go of that dream of simplicity and getting in my van and just fucking going on the road. Cause that's what I wanted to do. I'm like, maybe that's it. Yeah. There's your out. It, Let's do it. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and it was fucking close and I stayed close with, <laughs> uh you know my mentors and my friends and like this is what uh, they they could ask me questions didn't tell me no you can't do that just like ask me questions like what's going on here you know and i could was, i could see that oh yeah i was just caught up in this fucking um these expectations that were just from an old wound and can i be with that that little kid that that wants approval still and uh so that's i, I just started going inward starting doing um different kinds of therapy, this uh, somatic experiencing therapy, Hakomi. like for personally for me, so yeah. like got, like this hippie part of me, like doing this energy work that Roxanne turned me on to, like it's really like I feel like our whole story just lives in the body. Like if we can be that and we can be with that, it's fucking huge. That fucking tightness in the chest, the swirling in the belly, the mindfulness of where the emotions live in the body. Because the stories Aren't are real. That's not what's happening. That is the past, the future. But what's happening is there is a fucking, there is an emotional response that's happening in, in inside here, and that's where we tighten up around and try to get rid of. It. So you soften, and we soften around that. You can see the stories, those the core wounds that uh, you know. Some of call it called shadow work or whatever, you know that kind of stuff. But it's just like re, rewriting those stories where he's meeting that part of ourselves with some compassion, kindness, and awareness. Um, and that's where I've been at and, uh, really getting into my personal meditation practice and emotional awareness practice has given me some clarity of, of, um, how I want that, how I can achieve simplicity and still show up. Like, it's like letting go, but still giving a shit, right? It's like, oh, I let go. I'm fucking living in my van. I know how to let go. No, dude, you need to still show the fuck up. So letting go. You still have to care. You know, letting (laughs) me really open up. Yeah, you still got to care. And on the flip side of that, care, but not control, right? It's like, I care. that's why I fucking, everything needs to be this way. It's like, no, it's like care, but not control, let go, but still show the fuck up. So that's like the balance. And I feel like I'm finding some balance with that. And, uh in the last you know month or so different more I've, I've been able to take on a couple more groups and uh the zoom thing has been really good for uh people one-to-one people that yeah. i work with in, in a lot of different rehabs are from all over the country all over the world so it gives them opportunity to um to work with me one-to-one and i i feel more um uh Coming from a, a, a grounded place now, that's what, what it looks like. I don't even know if that answers your question, but uh, that's In always turned back to my own practice. You know, it has to. It has to, you know. Um, but I forget about that. It's like a carpenter fucking going home and working on their own house. Yeah. Like that that. You know? It's a hassle. So it's like I've done groups all day. Netflix and fucking whatever, you know. I ain't meditating. I already fucking taught meditation, <laughs> you know. But, yeah, I teach it. Yeah, you
1: got your sits in with the group. It's good. You're fine.
2: (laughs) Nope. Nope. And knowing when uh, to binge out on Netflix is totally fucking okay, too. You know? Like, so there's balance.
0: Balance. Yeah, no, that that was a beautiful answer, Joe. I think there was a bunch of takeaways in there. And one thing that you said that I wanted to highlight was how you were talking about you know, without the band or without the groups or without, you know, my van or my house, like if I didn't have these things, who would I be? And just that concept or that idea shows up for so many people. Like, who am I if I don't have these things? And what I heard you say was every time that you identified with that thought, it was like, let's go inside, you know, like it was this call to to action to see what's going on inside you and that's who you really are and mm. you don't need the house or the band or the job or the this to be you it, that that's what i heard you say and i, I kind of yeah. just wanted to highlight that because that's so important in, yeah. in our lives in recovery right if i'm not a drug addict who am i
2: if i don't yeah. have these
0: drugs who am i yeah. and if i'm not sober right now for me it's like i think about if i relapsed if I didn't have this job or this podcast or my recovery, who would I be like yeah. on the other end too? And that's just a weird space or question to, to kind of sit with. Yeah.
1: I feel like it just-, it just doesn't end. I mean, I went through that this year with my son graduating and going off to college. And I'm like, if I'm not Angie, the mom, who am I? Cause I've been, I've identified with this now for 21 plus years. So who am I if I'm not that? It's definitely yeah. a lifelong
2: process. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's, a, it's an important piece to, for me to learn appreciation too. Like appreciate the, the joy and the happiness that I experience without clinging to it, right? Where it's like of course. Th- that's not who I am. So first asking the questions, uh, like I found like um, I started seeing who and what I'm not. Not that. I'm not that thought. I'm not that emotion. I'm experiencing that. That's what I'm experiencing. And even like, yeah, not having the house or the da, da, da the band, that kind of stuff is like, you know, for me, I'm so black and white where it's like, it's either like, so I live in the absolute. And I think as, as you know, as all of us we live in, we want absolute, this is what, this is what I do. This is what I am. Cool. Always, oh, cool. there's yes. so there's so many nuances, so it's hard to stay within that gray that gray, right? Where I can experience and I, I can experience all this stuff, but it's not. I can I don't have to identify as that, you know. And it doesn't mean that I don't like it in a dismissive kind of way, because it can get really dismissive, like right. no attachment, you know. We're all like floating particles in the universe, Nothing and matters. yeah, maybe so. Ultimately, yeah, probably but relatively there's conditions how I'm perceived in this body is different than someone else's perceived. You know, what I have, um, is fucking great, but it's not like, I don't have to, it's, it's letting go of striving for more and just allowing to, to, to experience what I'm experiencing. And like you're saying, Angie, like I, I, I fucking like through all this, especially this last year, it's like, such a blessing and a curse, but it was like, I was fucking depressed as hell. Waking up like with those those early recovery thoughts of I'm not good enough. I just didn't want to get out of bed. How am I even gonna do this shit? And instead of pushing that shit away, I, I, I was with it. And it wasn't easy. It's not like, I, I was like, oh, you just need to sit with this shit. It was like, fuck yeah. this. Oh, it wasn't that beautiful, <laughs> huh? <laughs> I wanna feel better You know, and uh, but ultimately yeah, I was like out fucking ouch, ouch, you know? And like I said, like my life is fucking great. I got everything. I a fucking very privileged life. But those old core wounds were fucking hindering any part of me that could really experience my life to the fullest and keep me in, in the, the, career that I love is service. It's keeping me from that. Even I could it was, I would show up still, but it was just like, Oh, you know? Uh. Yeah
0: wow no that's huge man i think i think i love what you said too of like the who are you who are we not you know yeah and and so what it leaves me with and maybe this is kind of like something we could give to the audience where it's like or whoever is listening if anybody just kidding um they're listening <laughs> but, bro they're listening yeah, they're listen- yeah. So that was that was my yeah. self-talk if anyone's even listening but right, yeah yeah, yeah. See? no but it's like How's okay that? so if we know if we know we are not these things and we know who we are not, how do we practice getting closer to who we are? And like, what does that process look like? Maybe, maybe for you, Joe, what did that like actionable, like, what did that actually look like during maybe this last
2: year? It looks like just taking time to pause and ask those questions. I feel like, um, like I said, even like the, the, you know, we we so we so identify with our emotions. I'm angry. I'm anxious. I'm depressed. Yeah, it's not who we truly are. That shit is 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 transient. It's uh, ephemeral. It comes and goes. Those uh, those those thoughts, those emotions, come and go. But it can't be who I truly am. So it's we're experiencing that, not dismissing them either. Not it is what it is. The is what it is. Kind of is a trap. It is what it is. Yeah, that shit's still fucking there. So it's like. Um, first just asking those questions like um, and know how we're experiencing it I'm experiencing anger and usually we can feel it in the body so in, in meditation practice it's like just taking like not even on the cushion if we get on the cushion for a long time cool but noticing when we're agitated how's the body responding shoulders for me hands are tight or there's worry there's doubt it's in the belly and kind of meeting that with the breath Feeling the feet. What is what is not angry right now? Oh, my feet aren't really angry. Angry Feet are chilling, you know, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. You know, uh, hands are soft, okay? Looking around, relaxing our nervous system. So we start, that's how we say, I'm not that. Not that. And what we start doing is is the our natural response, I feel is all of our natural response is really compassion. And all compassion is just being with what is on being with the anger, being with the sadness and not dismissing it, not dismissing it. It fucking hurts. And if we need to make a move with something, then we come from a, a place of, a, of clarity and agency where we're not just reacting, we're responding. You know, sometimes the hurt is like somebody really fucked us over or did something very harmful. So then we're coming in a place, we're not just stuffing it or reacting what they did to us, we're responding from uh, not a wounded heart. So we start turning towards what is true. And what is true is, is I don't know, I get really kind of wooey with it, is, is compassion, love, understanding, you know, towards ourselves and in our relationships that experience all this bullshit of life, all the relative life. And then we start seeing who we're trying to become. This I got this from a, a teacher of mine, but who we're trying to become, we already are. We already are. I like that. You know. So we gotta let go of a mix of identifying with thoughts and emotions, identifying with our past. I'm a fucking punker. I'm in a band. I'm this, I'm that. Not who I am today. Not who I was uh you know, I'm not who I was five fucking minutes ago. Who I was five minutes ago was a dude roaching out on like in, the, uh, in my bed walk, uh, checking out my TikTok account and <laughs> forgetting that I have, you know? And I was, yeah. just, I, was a, I was a total roach. Not so much right now, right? Every No, yeah,
0: you're killing it right now.
2: <laughs> whatever, maybe, yeah, for sure. So just we identify with, you know, I'm lazy, I'm this, I'm that, you know? And, and can we just truly experience life you know, I think so. And who we truly are, I you know, comfortable with ourselves, and in uh, productive people that are acting from love and kindness in this world, from our true heart, you know. And it, it could service can look in all kinds of different ways. Service can look like just having a conversation, just having some compassion for people, um, you know. And again, not in a dismissive way, not in it is what it is. There's a lot of oppression. There's a lot of fucked up shit in this world. But if we're just coming from a place of anger and trying to fucking tell everybody how they're doing it fucking wrong, it's yeah. not going to be reciprocal. So, again, this is where we put on our own oxygen mask, have compassion for ourselves. This is fucking scary and confusing time. And I'm scared and confused. There's a part of me that is scared and confused. Again, it's not who I am, but that's what's happening. And then meeting that part, and then, oh, okay, I can be with the, the fear and confusion in this world with a little bit more of an open heart and an open mind. Joe,
1: so one thing that you said, and I think it's really important because I feel like, well, like with everything, you know, uh, it's layers and it's a process, and you've been doing this for a really long time. I'm not going to say, so that's easy for you to say, but I think about like people new in recovery and they so identify with that person who was using and drinking and that's who I am. And, and I feel like there's, it's a long process for them to discover who they actually are without that kind of stuff. It's not something that's just like, Oh, now I'm the same person. I just don't use and drink. It's almost like a self-discovery of who I am, especially if they've been using a long time or started using at a young age, they don't even know who they are. And it's a, it's a patient process. Like that's, I think the thing that I'm taking from this is like, we've really got to be patient with the process. And we're so used to like getting the answers, getting this right away, right away that patience has got to be like the cornerstone of this, because I know I struggle being where you're at um, because I just want it right now. And I think I should be there and it's just a
2: process. It's a total process. Yeah. And just being awake to it, that it is a process and meeting ourselves right where we're at on the process. That's the, huge part is like, like I said, like take it back to elevate and just the early stages of right out of detox kind of thing and offering mindfulness in a way where it's just, can we just fucking chill for a moment? Can we just and Can we acknowledge that it's fucking difficult or acknowledge that it's, that that it feels good not to be fucking dope sick right now, you know, meeting ourselves right where we're at, whether it's one breath or two breaths of ease, you know, and we can build on that. We can build on that. But we, it, what I like about mindfulness, it, it keeps us in action. It's not just like, oh, I'm gonna sit in Joe's meditation group, um, and I'm gonna fucking be totally enlightened. No, you gotta take it from the seat to the street. How are you? How you feel? How are you checking in with yourself when you you're feeling triggered or whatever? Can you pause? You no. Know? And the more we pause, the more we sit on the on the cushion on the seat, the more longer meditation, all that shit, those stuff that relaxes us, the stuff that we've been searching for, those the dopamine hits and all that kind of shit, it naturally fucking happens. And like you said, it's a slow drip though. We gotta be patient. It's not that instant. It's a slow drip, but it fucking lasts longer and you don't and it 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 sticks. It's not just it's here and it's gone. And then you need more. It's a slow drip. So in meditation, that shit actually happens. When we're yep. taking our ner- nervous system from high alert, fight, flight, or freeze, when we calm down, oh, okay, the amygdala, you know, the fucking frontal cortex calms, the amygdala, our emotional response calms, and then that's when the good shit starts happening, that slow drip, you know? <laughs> but, yeah, like you said, we want we want absolute. So this, this practice is, is teaching us patience. And uh, and you do get a little bit of, of relief in the beginning. So many people on early recovery, like I just fucking fall asleep every time I um, do your meditations. So I'm like, killer! That's so great. That means your fucking your body's going. Oh, I can chill the fuck out for a minute. Cool. Meet yourself right where you're at. Now we don't want to stay there, you know. And that's right. where you know it's gonna gonna have ups and downs. I still fucking have some gnarly ups and downs, but I, I have th- what we get, I think, is resiliency. Where when it's down, we bounce back a little bit quicker, a little bit easier, the more and more we're with it, rather than we're just stuck. Getting our, ourselves out of the what is wrong attention. What is okay in this moment? And it might be subtle, might be just my feet feel okay right now. I can see a shadow. Okay, that looks all right right now, you know? bringing ourselves, and then, then turning towards the emotions when we can, when we can. So.
0: Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I love this. I think m- like coming into you know this conversation, I knew in my mind that I wanted to like convey the idea that so much wisdom can come from like meditating, so much like understanding could come from mindfulness or even more specifically like groups and especially groups like with you, uh, Joe specifically, cause that was kind of my experience in, you know, for the audience, Joe also ran groups, meditation groups for the staff at Elevate, hence us two being staff members at Elevate. And uh, that was like one of my biggest takeaways from from your groups was the just the wisdom that came from it whether it was from you or myself or from Tommy, but it just, it, it just showed up, you know, like yeah. from us showing up these like insights and these understandings and different thoughts and different relationships with your mind and your thoughts and all that just shows up. And I think to me, that's the beautiful part of, of the group of the meditation is, is allowing that stuff to just be there And questioning it kind of with each other, you know, and being in buffers for one another. And so that space to me is what I wanted to kind of highlight is that's, that's such a helpful thing individually and community wise. And meditation is for everyone and it's not scary and it's not this crazy Buddha journey you got to take and you, you could start today if you wanted to.
1: What I loved about it is, is just the total acceptance, whatever it is, like you were saying, even if you fall asleep, that's okay, like, and and just to have that like full acceptance of whatever's going on with you being okay, uh, for me was very powerful, because I think we're our own worst critic. How does this look? How am I being portrayed? What do I need to do? How can I do this? Am I doing this? Okay. And just being like, okay, with whatever it is, was just very comforting and just relaxing to know there's no judgment no matter what it is there's zero judgment and that's
2: that's a huge relief yeah yeah so cool and it is a super important i I feel like this wisdom that that you're talking about um is it's already there it's that thing it's who we're trying it's already there you know and, and and we we wake up to that and it is such a personal journey and that's what i loved about and that's what I still love about mindfulness and meditation. It's not nothing outside of myself is going to bring me ultimate peace and ease, but my m- turning towards my true heart will in moment, to, moment to moment, you know, mm-hmm. the can. And, and I love that because, um, you know, I, I always tell people don't fucking believe me just because I said it. Don't, yeah. you know, and that's what Buddha said. It's like, don't even write this shit down. This is an experiential piece. You got to do it yourself. You know, then do it. In your. And I, what I always say is like, find out what works for you and meet yourself right there. Maybe it's some stuff that I took, maybe it's, or I, I offered, maybe it's some stuff that you read Thich Nhat Hanh or another teacher, but make it, it's a personal journey to your own heart. And, but, but it, what I like about the practice is, and you don't need to be a, I always say, you don't need to be a Buddhist to do this. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, but it lays out these foundational tools that uh, give you a path to your heart. You know? So ultimately, we can stand on our own and wake up to our own wisdom, and doing it in a group is so fucking powerful, like-minded yeah. people, especially for people in recovery like-minded people to support each other to if nothing else to wake up from that meditation like and talk about that fucking hallucination we just went through for 30 minutes you know holy shit you know how many times and like if we're talking to somebody that doesn't meditate they're like what the fuck like i would come home from retreat and like i'd be so fucking blessed out sometimes and try to talk to my wife about what i experienced and she's not a meditator and she's like what the fuck they give you on that retreat you know (laughs) it's like what kind of retreat were you on, bro? <laughs> it's like, yeah. Oh yeah. So having people just like you're in a, a recovery group where you know, you're talking to people about like fuck, I just feel like shooting dope today, you know, and it's like they're going, Yeah, I felt like that way before too and this is what I did. If I went to talk to my wife about, oh, I feel like shooting dope today, so what the fuck? You better not, you know, just kinda of judge me. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's like having trouble support of, yeah. yeah. Having that support of a group is super important. Super important, you know. And yeah, meeting ourselves with accept, acceptance, non judgmental attitude is, is, is hard because the mind is still going to judge and not judging the judging. Of course, it's judging, it's what it's been doing, you know? And meeting ourselves like right now, it's like this. Right now, it's like this. Difficult, neutral, or pleasant. Not clinging to like, oh, I want more pleasant experiences or pushing away the pain, not getting bored in the neutral, you know? And maybe experiencing, oh, I'm clinging to that. Oh, I'm pushing that away. Oh, there's boredom.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel uh, I definitely feel like
2: I want to meditate with Joe. I
1: know. I miss it. it.
2: Yeah. You can <laughs> do you it. You can. You can. We're doing Roxanne and I are doing a, a group every Wednesday night. Oh, dude, no way. Okay. So yeah. tell us about that. Is that free yeah. to
1: everyone? Is that a, a paid group? What is that?
2: It's donation. It's a suggested donation, 10 to 20, but, you know, put in what you can kind of thing. You can go on to, it's Eventbrite, but if you search spiritual as fuck or whatever um, meditation group, you'll find it. You can go on my Instagram, or it's on my website. My website's the best place to get it. It's uh, josephclements.com. Gotcha. In in events, it's there. You know, I also have a YouTube channel called uh, Hella Meditated. And I posted on my website, there's some guided meditations on there. Um, so yeah, or listen to our podcast, Spiritual as fuck, or whatever. And
1: uh yeah. This is um I would I would say those are all great things that you know if we're looking for silver linings that's come out of the COVID corona situation, is learning to pivot and still keep creating and helping, but doing it, you know, in the Zoom world or in different ways with podcasts and things like that. I, I do feel like that's been something good that's come out of all this is the ability to connect all over the world, not just locally and in person.
2: Yeah. And I miss you guys too. I really, <laughs> one of these days we'll get, we'll get it back, back up that. We'll get the sure. gang back together. Yeah. I'm down. You know I'm down. You know, I'm down. I know you are. Yeah,
0: we are too, Joe. And uh, I'll make sure to put all your links and stuff in our show notes too. So everyone can just find it super easy. Cool. That'd be great. YouTube be great. website, meditations, events. Yeah. Yep. And then we'll get to the band
2: yeah, just together, a, man. Yeah. Just I, and that's another thing too. It's like, yeah, through like you said, the blessings around this COVID time is like, yeah, I've been doing more music and putting out these these EPs. Um nice. really feels feels good um, to do. And you know, yeah, which ways can what ways can I put my stuff out there to, to help people be of service you know so just doing a youtube channel doing i just did my site got it all dialed i hate fucking that kind of self-promotion shit you know but uh-huh. it's you know it's 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 good it's just like what what is what is in the act of service you know so i got my website down and it's a work in progress, but it's it has some information on there, and you can sign up if you want to do one to one work with me. It's a little sign up kind of thing. Gonna ask some questions. And yeah.
1: Yeah, and and it, and it does feel that way sometimes, self promotion. But I think the other side of it is just reaching more people and putting yourself out there more so that you can help more. I mean, that's why we're doing this. Um, we're not professional podcasters, but anything we could do to help yeah. more people in recovery, you know, come in or seek recovery or anything like that. That's why we, we've been doing what we've been doing too. Just like with Beautiful. you is to yeah. reach more and help more.
2: Yeah, for sure. Feels good. Feels super good. It,
0: it feels good to have conversations like this. I've definitely been missing uh, these types of conversations specifically in my life. And, uh, you know, I mean, a, it's really good to see you, Joe. Thanks for being on the show, man. And, um, we can't wait to see you in person. And just, I really uh, just appreciate you as a person and what you're doing. And I can't wait to tell you that in person one day.
1: With a big
2: hug. Cyber hug. Cyber hug. Yeah, twenty-second hug. Dude. Cyber hug.
1: <laughs> yeah, that long, uncomfortable yeah. hug with
2: guys. Yeah, for sure. With guys, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not weird it. for us, but you guys get weird sure. with each other. The best is, I think it's a uh, 20, is it 20 second hug? Yes, that is, you, you. Uh, I think in a twenty-second hug, you um, normalize ex- each other's uh, emotional experience. So, but it's fucking hard to hug for twenty seconds. You'll know someone so always time, taps out. Somebody taps out. <laughs> a lot out, of so I'm like, oh, no, man, no, 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 no. I can yeah. give it with my, I can <laughs> give it with my son, but he counts it.
1: <laughs> he counts it. I was saying, I need someone to count it just to see how long that actually is.
2: He counts. It. Yeah, it's, it's trippy. It's, 20 seconds seems like a long time. It doesn't seem like that long, but it's a long time. Yeah. I love that.
0: Oh man. Well, it's almost 11, Joe dude. So we'll let you go, man. All right. Thank you so much for being
2: on the show.
0: Thank you. Glad we got on. All right, guys, that's our show for today. We hope you found some value from listening. And if you did, please share with someone you know or love. You can find us on social media. We are at elevate addiction services.
1: And if you or a loved one are struggling with addiction, please call our toll-free, confidential 24-hour helpline at 833-33-SOBER or visit our website at elevaterehab.org.